Wow. How's hey, it going? Jeff. What's up, dude? I am a tired little bear. Uh, yeah. I've been flying all over the country like some sort of person who flies Bad frequently. Man. A frequent flyer. Ooh, a frequent flyer. Um, I'm in a hotel from Richmond, Virginia, a place where Jeff and I fell in love. Um, <laughs> That's true. What hotel are you staying at? I'm staying at the Omni, not a podcast sponsor, but uh, uh, my okay. stay here has been consistently adequate over the years. <laughs> um, so mm -hmm. give him a shout out. You, you hear that? Oh, there's a little hear static what? on the line. Oh, I'm getting some static on the line from you now, but that's weird. I, All right. I don't hear it'll go away. Oh, um, no. I have no idea if this podcast is being improperly recorded. Um, I think I think there is some static on your end, but it wasn't there a minute ago, so hopefully it'll go away again. This is good um, podcasting. You, you you start talking. Maybe go to the running order, Jeff. I mean, the first, uh, yes. first item is yours. The first item is Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. <laughs> I love seeing that scroll across the screen there. Um, I just returned today from a little town called Manchester in the north of England with my head low, partially because I was hungover and partially because I watched my team um, more or less throw away the league. But it was, it was an interesting game. I, I've always, it was my first away day as an Arsenal fan. Um, I've always wanted to do that since I was a fan of the team. Um, and I have to say that like, in spite of it being, you know, like a real low point in the season and in like the, the story of, you know, this team and its development, I had a great time still. And so there's like, a, it's a weird, bittersweet feeling. I mean, it sucked to lose, but on, in a weird way, I took solace from the fact that it wasn't like, if we had lost to them, in a similar way that we had dropped points to Southampton recently or Liverpool away, I would have felt horrible then because, you know, it was like we we had it in our hands and we lost it. But we've played Man City. This is the third time we've played Man City this season. I think the overall aggregate scoreline is something like a million to one or no, we've scored, I think we've scored like one in each game. So it's a million to three. That's not a very good aggregate scoreline. They're a better team than we are right now. They're, they might be one of the better teams that's ever existed, I'd have to say. And so, yeah, it sucks that we lost, but I got to go there with 3,000-ish of the craziest Arsenal fans, and I sang until my voice sounds the way that it does now. And uh, weirdly, I also got to hang out with um, my old boss from Hong Kong who has moved back home to the north of England. And uh, his friend, who is a, um, I don't know, how would I describe him? Like a celebrity in Britain, but not elsewhere. So he, he uh, his name is, uh, his name, he, he was on a show called Dick and Dom in the Bungalow. And it was, I think it, it's, a, it's an interesting show because it was basically, it was a kid's show, but it came on early enough in the morning that people would like made it a habit of watching it when they were like coming back from clubs, you know, like it's like yeah, five yeah. o'clock in the morning or something like that. Sorry, I think you should switch off of your headphones. It is your headphones. You do? Yeah. yeah. You don't have any other headphones, do you? No, this is this. All right, here we go, guys. Fantastic podcasting. Fantastic <laughs> podcasting. Indeed. Um, where were oh, oh, Dick, Dick and Dom. Dom. So, yeah, yeah he, they, they had this huge following. following. Oh, man, now we have a pretty good crazy, crazy echo. echo. What, is it the echo or is it the air conditioning? I think oh, no, it's just because, because you don't have the head. Try, try your headphones again. I'll just turn maybe... the volume down on you. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Just is this better? Yeah, I think so. There we go. Um, yeah, so the show, now they're going on tour. Um, and while they're on tour, it's like, it's meant for adults now. Um, so like, like they rebooted like, it. Yeah, they kind of like rebooted it, but they rebooted it as like a stage show. Um, anyway, he was he was a very uh, lovely guy. I met Dick of Dick and Don. Wait, which wait? So what was his? What's his actual name? Um, oh, his actual Richard. Name. I think Richard is like Rich is like what a lot of people call him. I think in real life, but then 
I guess Dick and Dom just sounds fun. They were really, they had like a famous sketch that I think was basically just people screaming bogeys, kind of like you remember the penis game? I think it was kind of like that. <laughs> um, of just like who could scream it the loudest. And uh, so all night we were like drinking in pubs in Manchester and uh, people were screaming bogeys at us. It was great. Bogeys. I think that's what they say for boogie. We... Meaning like snot? Yeah, like encrusted snot. People, they it's didn't what... scream encrusted snot. They just screamed. It's such a weird thing to yell because like, it's like screaming urine. Like everybody yeah. has to do that. <laughs> I, I wonder if like, I don't know. I should have asked him this, but I wonder if like the origin was basically, this is the dirtiest word we're allowed to say on children's tv and like this is so it'll be funny to have people screaming it in public um, poo-poo. Poo-poo. yeah <laughs> poo-poo. they should have probably said poo-poo. I don't know. Um, well, jeff, well jeff let's not bury the lead there though like i feel like i yeah, I, I, I feel a lot of empathy for yeah. you uh selfish empathy because oh. i had made my peace with you winning a Premier League as like the lesser of two evils, and maybe probably the better for our podcast story yeah, arc. Uh, but um, I'm really afraid City's going to win the treble now, and and selfishly, yeah. I'm like, ah. <laughs> well, you will have a chance to stop them. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, but we're not gonna. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if they play the way that's the, that's the scary thing about it. I think I sent you a video. I just tried to get like a random video of like, oh, look, I'm at the stadium. Yeah. And immediately they scored in the video, which is kind of hilarious. It was the first goal, the De Bruyne one. And they're just very, very good. And then I think one of the interesting things about seeing the game live versus watching it on TV is like, I feel like often the camera is not showing what I most want to look at. Because my eye just sort of wanders to what interests me. And I think one of the things that caught my eye a lot was the gigantic Viking in the middle of the forward line for City. And Erling Haaland was just so damn good. Like, he's so... It reminds me... I once went swimming with whale sharks. And, like, they look like very peaceful animals. Where, like, they'll just, like, swish their tail like that. But what you don't realize until you're in the water near them is they're actually just going like, like they are flying. They're just graceful. And that's how he was where like, he would take like a step and you realize like, he's just separated three meters from a premier league defender. Who's really good at not letting people do that. I mean, even Rob holding, he's like also pretty good at it to be, you know, it's just his leg length. Basically it's that, but it's like, he's so powerful that like, I mean, powerful in the uh, in the sense of physics, of like he can move. It's like force over time or whatever. I don't know. Somebody correct me on what the real definition of power is. But basically, like he just generates so much force so quickly that he's just over here and then he's over there. And I don't understand how anyone can guard him. I mean, that one goal that he finally scored in like the 95th minute of the game. There's nothing going on there. It's like everyone's sort of doing what they're supposed to do. It's just no one can be near him if he doesn't want them to, you know? He's Isn't amazing. it crazy how he has scored against, I think, every team that City has played it, uh, twice? Like, like if he plays home and away, he's scored against you. And it's during a season when the narrative has been City doesn't usually play this way. Did throwing Holland in there, like, fuck up their whole way of playing? And it's like, and he scored against everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is funny that way, like, there were... That, there was such a weird narrative to this season at the beginning. I feel like it's going, it's fading away now. Because well, remember, he had that huge streak of scoring, and then I think he went like eight or nine games where he only scored like four times. Yeah, <laughs> only <laughs> getting a goal. I mean, but that, the other thing that was great is like, I think the criticism that I had heard of him, and I've, you know, I haven't seen all of his games, but I think early in the season, people were criticizing him, saying, like, sure, he's scoring goals, but like, what else is he bringing to the team? And is he screwing things up a bit? But like, the way that he played last night, he was such a good team player. He was holding the ball up. He was dropping deep when he needed to. He was making runs that people could easily, you know, get him the ball. But also, they were the kind of runs that put the defense in disarray. I mean, he was he was on fire. I, I don't know. There's no way to say. He's just, he's very, very good. And then the combination of having to play against him would suck. 
The funny thing is, I might still rather have De Bruyne. If you let me kidnap one player from Manchester City and put them on my team, I think De Bruyne might be even better. He's just incredible. And he actually has a similar gait, which is weird because they're very different bodies, but like he just he's another one where he just sort of effortlessly floats through your defense. And you're like, why why are they letting him do that? And it's like because they, you can't stop him. He's an amazing player too. It, it, is it like an illusion or like am I misremembering? I thought he had kind of run into some iffy form like in like maybe the last year or so compared to his like whole career of like utter dominance, you know, like a bit of a drop off. But am I imagining that? Because he's like in his 30s now. Yeah. I don't know. I, I felt like there was a little bit of that going around at the World Cup where Belgium just looked like. Right, because they did nothing. You know, they, they just, but I think. I don't know. He having to play with 2023 Hazard as like the other best player on the team is not easy. I think I don't know how it would be interesting actually. We should look at that, and see what his World Cup was like, but he to me every time I've watched him in the league this year, he's just been incredible, especially against us. Is he the kind of player that will still be good in his like mid to late 30s? Like there's it's rare that a midfielder can kind of play at the top level that long just because of the ground they have to cover. It's a great question. I mean, he's so skillful, too. Like, all these, like, first touches, like, you do wonder if he's the kind of guy that could, like, reinvent himself and even when he's slow and old, still be good just because he's got such technique. I've done it, Jeff. If yeah. I've done it, you'd assume that De Bruyne could do it. I think that De Bruyne would be very successful in your old man league in Los Angeles. I think he would, I think he would be one of, you know, besides you, I think he'd be one of the better players on the team. Jeff, I think you'd probably be like first off the bench. I feel like that you'd 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 have that role in the depth. Oh chart. yeah, I man, I would take that. I honestly, I don't. I'm not very good, so <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a. I, I'll take anything I can get. Basically, do you? I'm, I'm in just your kidding. League, I'm, I'm, they, that's my role. <laughs> in in your league, do they have the? Um, do you have to like do like? soccer style subs where like when someone comes off they can't go back on and like if you're gonna put some so basically like the subs do they have to wait till like the 60th minute to get on or no 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 it's it's an 8v8 league full of people that are like hungover so it's it's like either on the fly or it's when the ball's out of play and but unlimited nice it's the whole like the weird thing is the whole like gender quota stuff because oh, right. I, I love playing in co-ed leagues. I, I feel like it's a great way to just make friends. It's a great way to, like, to socialize. And I enjoy that aspect of it. And, and a lot of the women that I play with are very skillful and better than me. And it's a great vibe. The problem is when there's three or four on a team and you need to have two on the field at all times. And then two are like, oh, I'm going to be out of town or I have, right. I have to work. Or whatever a legitimate reason, there's nobody... <laughs> Yeah. To sub for them. And so then we, for we, equality's we, sake, you have to just run the legs off of, like, the two women that show up. <laughs> and if they're already kind of semi-injured, then it's like yeah. you're oh, almost God. asking them to hurt themselves further. So, I don't know. I personally think that co-ed league should just be, like, do your best and mm. everyone should play, not at the physical, ex- like, expense of someone else. But yeah, it's me and my high horse, Jeff. This podcast has horse. its roots uh, in... Being obnoxiously liberal and <laughs> on your I um, as you can see there, I just managed to segue away from what we're actually supposed to be talking about again, which um, is hurt. <laughs> but I think that um, you know, so much of football is not about what happens, but how and when it happens, and. If you had told me at the beginning of the year that we were going to make Champions League, I'd say, cool, like, that was the goal. And if you told me that there were moments in there where we, you know, we were flying really high and maybe we were like on form, one of the best teams in the league, I'd love to do that too. You know, and, but the, it, it feels actually, ironically, it feels a lot like two of our last three games where we've had this early lead things really looked good. And then even though we ended up with a draw, you know, the draw that we had at Anfield, that's not even like a bad result, really. But yep. getting that draw after <laughs> your, after your, after, yeah, yeah. As you, as you can tell, um, um, getting a draw after you're up 2-0 is, you know, it hurts. And I think it's, that's kind of the way that this one feels where we really had no business challenging for the league this year. No one thought that's where we were going to be. 
but then when we did for so long even that uh yeah it can't help but not feel great but, but Jeff, I, I, the, the truth isn't even a bad thing though the truth is that you're you're not the best team in the premier league but you are no. a very good team which is something you didn't know last year right yeah last year we were in fifth and we kind of collapsed down the stretch to get there whereas and, this... and before that it was what eighth yeah and before so, like, that it was in eighth two again. seasons to go from eighth to fifth to you know second by, by a few points like yeah and it's i mean it's interesting. we're still technically top of the league you know they could it's possible they could fall apart but I think, I don't know, it, it was really interesting hug? to me, if, if we hadn't dropped six points in a row uh, in very winnable situations or against teams that we were probably supposed to beat, then it would be such a strange, you know, like imagine if right now we were still, if we had those six points and we were eight points clear and they had the two games in hand or whatever, but all we had to do is sort of take care of business against, you know, Brighton and Newcastle and like, those are not easy games, but it's like, some level you got to beat Brighton but and like Newcastle Southampton the league. Yeah. But like like some of these results are results that earlier in the season you were just getting wins in. Right. And it feels like and I and I feel like I've seen this with my own team as well but like it feels like the pressure is a lot and pressure plus like a whole season of just like beating the shit out of your own body. Like, this is why, like, really the advantage of Manchester City is 22 first-team yeah. world-class players. And the fact that now, like, Holland pretty much stayed healthy all season. And right. he's, like, I'm sorry, but, like, it, it is kind of unfair. They're, they're, like, 90s Yankees yeah. right now. And I guess I know how it feels to have been, like, a really good team in the time of, 90, of the 90s Yankees. Right. So, Fuck. Yeah, like if you're the Chipper Jones Braves or whatever, and you just never get to win. It's like being the uh, the Patrick Ewing Knicks or whatever. You just the Charles Barkley everything. You never get to be Henry Roland Gardner in Rookie of the Year. <laughs> I was like, wait, I don't know that. Is that not familiar with this athlete? But now I am. He was a, he was a very young baseball player who got an injury that changed his life <laughs> for the better. You should have just called that movie Tommy John. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do that on purpose now, don't they? To try to get like a few extra MPHs. I don't think it's on purpose, but I think when there's like a small tear, they're like, let's just get it over with because yeah, it will happen. You might as well try and manage the timetable of the surgery and your return to fitness. Yeah. So speaking of return to fitness, Jeff, how, like, what is your path forward for this? Like say, say that, say that city has, City now the yeah, league. Let's put say it's in their hands because it is right. right. Yeah. So like, if that's the truth and City's gonna win the league, I'm already gonna be upset about it for my own reasons. But like, what do you? How are you going to look at things going forward? What do you think about next season, etc.? Like, yeah, it's it almost feels like it's April 27th. Like, there's only a month left. Right. I think it's weird. It'll be an interesting off season for Arsenal because every other year. Basically, since I've been an Arsenal fan, there's been glaring deficiencies in the team where it's like, well, of course, we're going to buy a left back because you need to have two of them and we don't, you know, or stuff like that. Or even just like, of course, you need like a midfielder who isn't injured all the time or, you know, like you need competent player. And we always had these huge holes on the team. So it's kind of interesting. We knew what we were at least going to try to do in the offseason by now. Whereas, like, with this team, assuming Saliba and Tomiyasu can come back from injury, then I think it'll actually be more difficult to, like, it's a very different sort of game setup of, like, how do you take a team from second place to first is, like, almost a totally different problem than how do you take a team from eighth to second. And right. so it'll be I'll, be, I'll be very fascinated to see how, you know, Edu and Arteta kind of attack that in the offseason. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but the answer is, like, Pretty much just smart spending is the only answer. Yeah. But spending. Spending. I mean, but as 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 Manchester United supporters can tell you, spending money is not a guarantee of success. No, smart that's why I said smart spending. Yeah, but, yeah exactly. So it's a that, tough one. But smart spending means also like you gotta kinda compete with with City's depth somehow. And that means retaining yeah. all your good talent. 
getting decent money for the players that aren't going to work. Like, all of that stuff has to hit. Yeah. Um, I mean, saying that aloud, I guess that's really the task now, is getting getting a team in place where Arteta feels comfortable without, you know, basically he plays like 12 or 13 guys, and that's it. And we need a team like City. I mean, you look at, they have these amazing records going down the stretch where they just close out seasons. And, you know, you can, there's a lot of sort of lazy takes that you can have about that of like, that's their winning mentality. And that's because they've been no, there. It's like, well, it also, yeah, exactly. It's like, it also, it helps that you have 22 of them, but they are, it'll be interesting. I mean, they, I really don't think that they would stumble. I think it's like a 1% chance at this point, but. Jack Grealish is starting they, to play well. Yeah, exactly. But they, they have, they have three, every, a game every three days for the rest of the season. And. They have some big ones, you know. They have Real Madrid and stuff like that. So, is there any chance? But the, I the think problem Madrid's, is they just have two teams. Madrid's the most likely place where they'll stumble, though. Yeah, which does not affect the Premier League standard. It doesn't uh, affect the Premier League, and it doesn't affect the FA Cup final. I don't. Right. Think. I, they have a week. They have a week off between each of those last big games, so it's not like they would even rest players against us. Yeah. To save them. Oh, wait, no, Madrid is before then. The final will be after that, and they'll probably be in it, and they'll probably beat on some stupid Italian team that is in fifth or sixth <laughs> in Serie A. Yeah. Oh, Man, this is like the end of days, isn't it? I mean, because that treble that United won, have other teams done that? No. Like, that, you're the only one, right? That's why we say the treble. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, not a treble. That's funny. I mean, there have been versions of trebles where, like, like uh, Jose right. Mourinho technically won one, but it's like the Supporters Shield. Oh, uh, the Europa. <laughs> yeah. Was it even Europa? Yeah, it was Europa against, was it Ajax? What team was he coaching at that point? Was that this the is a great podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I feel like there have been, like, minor ones. Um I don't know. I don't think a team has won a quadruple. Not the best three that you're capable of competing for. Yeah. Yeah. Any I last words? I, any hmm. last words, Jeff? Any last words before you put me out of my misery? Um, I had so many things I wanted to talk about this game. I, I was like flying through my head, but I think I've mostly covered it. Or I'll just awkwardly segue back to it when I when they pop in my head later. You'd be like, "That's right, Sir Jim reminds me of this Markel Arteta <laughs> story." <laughs> All right, so Sir Jim's new offer. So this is all just based on journalism. This sounds which... like a Judy Bloom book, by the way. <laughs> Super. If she fun. wrote about if she wrote about uh, middle aged men. Mm. R.I.P. I mean, to my Super Fudge T-shirt that you bought me and I loved and wore all the time, but now it's dead. I'm sorry. You know wait, wait, if I showed up with a Super Fudge T-shirt for you in August, would that be like a nice? Oh, thanks for having well, me. Gift. That would be nice, but you don't know. Your presence is our presence. AKA, I don't trust you, Skylar, to make fashion choices for me. <laughs> no, you probably would do better than I do. Can't get worse. So Sir Jim's new offer, apparently because Sir Jim realizes, oh shit, I don't have the money of Qatar, so if it comes down to just dollar for dollar, Sir Jim's going to lose. Yeah. So he was already going to, I think, put further... Uh, you take out further debt to acquire Manchester United. He claims he won't be putting it on the club. But you don't think that they'll expect to be paid back for that at some point? Um, right. And then there's also not necessarily a lot of money for transfers or stadium uh, rebuild or refurbishment. So, like, mm. we're, we're trading, like... In theory, the Glazers for like a slightly, slightly nicer Glazer who says he's a fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it comes out that he's like, in order to try and jump ahead of Qatar in the pecking order for bids, he's willing to let the Glazers keep twenty percent of Manchester United if they'll sell him just enough to to like have like fifty one percent to have like yeah. majority owners, and. And talking about this is kind of important because I've seen fans online taking polar opposite uh, hmm. sides on this one. On one hand, people are saying, like, fuck the Glazers. I don't want them to have, like, like any 0.01% of United. Like, I want them yeah. fucking gone. They're garbage. They've been, like, cancer. That's like saying, 
All right. Well, we'll get rid of ninety nine percent of the cancer, and we'll just like leave like a good like one percent, just you know, for shits and giggles. Uh, and and people have been like very opposed to that, and I get it. Like they we want them gone. Like they are, sure. they are a disease. But then I've seen other fans recently talk about it like this: that the the Glazers have no obligation to sell if they're gonna be as greedy as it's clear that they're. They're the greediest fucking people that we've ever seen in sport, and that says a lot. Right. Um, that they could just be like, "We're Eric Ten Hogs doing pretty well. Maybe we could squeeze a few more years out of this, get a few more fifty million dollar dividend payments, and then sell United for eight, ten billion because they're fucking idiots and they don't seem to understand that they are like ankle weights dragging us it. down." Yeah. And that we won't be worth a ton more when we don't qualify for a Champions League, when Ten Hag leaves to go coach Madrid or wherever the fuck would want yeah. him. Like, we will just implode. So, like, they don't see that happening. So, they might be willing to, like, death grip with us. Uh, and so, maybe if that is the thing, if letting them keep 20% creates, like, new leadership and, like, a new sort of impetus to succeed on the pitch that still means that the Glazers would no longer have any decision-making right. power. They'd just be shareholders who would be benefiting if there is profit given out. Hmm. Sorry, Jeff. I know I just like basically regurgitated three articles at you. <laughs> no, but, it's like, good. I don't know how I feel about it because I, 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 I'm still like kind of weird about Qatar, but like yeah. I've heard enough other pundits be like, what are you going to do? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough one because ultimately – I don't know. It feels similar to like the Super League thing, where I think when that came out, I was thinking, well, I don't want this to happen. This feels unethical and bad for the game. On the other hand, I definitely don't want it to happen and us not get invited. You know, like if, if there's a Super League and we're not a part of it, that is even worse. You know, like I don't want it to exist and I don't want it to exist without us. And I think it's like a similar thought process with this, where it's like you probably would love to just have like Mr. Rogers own the club. Or, you know, some person who is, like, nice and cool. Mackenzie Bezos is who I <laughs> yes. would choose. Oh, that would be amazing. But she that's the thing. She would never she would never put her money in something so frivolous as a Or Rebecca team. from Ted Lasso, I think, would be a good. That would be good. She's willing yeah. to spend for Zava. <laughs> yeah. No spoilers, by the way. So we got a few episodes behind, I think. Um, okay, well, that was the first episode or second episode thing, wasn't I it? I saw that one. I know that one. Okay. I think Everybody, only... if you're listening to this podcast, you're not, like, uh, afraid of Ted Lasso, I don't think. Afraid of Ted Lasso? Hmm. I have no idea what you're doing with that. <laughs> um, you're not afraid yeah. to be watching Ted Lasso. Everyone's caught up listening to this podcast. Gotcha. Except the Lasso cast. Pod last. So, um, where was I? You were talking about ownership. Oh, well, it's like... It, well, you probably don't want to be owned by like states that are bad, but then on the other hand, if everyone else is soon, then it would suck to like have to play in League One, not the French one, but the English one. <laughs> in a way, it kind of feels like, oh man, global warming's happening, so just go outside and get skin cancers. Like, just it's kind of how it feels. Cans in the air. Old ones too that have the bad things in them. I uh, I only kind of heard that because I've turned your volume down so low as to not be echoey. <laughs> oh man, this could be our best podcast of all time. Oh, no, speaking be- of good podcasting, I did remember one of the other points that I wanted to make about <laughs> Arsenal. Can I break? Can I make it? Arsenal really break. Quickly. Arsenal break. This is how I heal. No, um, I just think this season, maybe more than any other season. For a lot of clubs, certainly Arsenal, people will look back and there's just, it's like the biggest what-if generating season. Like, what if they, you know, a bunch of <laughs> Qataris, um, segue, I should have used that. Um, if a bunch of Qataris hadn't had a World Cup in the middle of the season, what if the Queen hadn't died and we had gotten to play Man City in September when we were flying high and they were stumbling, you know, they had like lost to Southampton or something like that at that point. Um, and so I, you know, it's one of those things we will never know, but 
this is a season of crazy what ifs that way. And I feel like every team probably has some version of that. Like, what if this player didn't come back hurt from the World Cup? What if this, you know? What if Andy Carroll wasn't a piece of shit? Right. Yeah. What if? That's that's what if, every season what if there's that no we COVID? ask that. What if? <laughs> yeah. Don't you think about that all the time? Or like maybe not all the time, but don't you think about that from time to time? Weirdly, no. I've never thought about it. Which is, I don't know if that's healthy or dumb, but it's a huge what if. What if there was, I mean, I guess really. Imagine there's no COVID, but um, <laughs> bum, 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 bum. It's easy. And no religion, too. <laughs> yeah, wow. That would have been crazily different. Would Lester be like back to back to back to back league champions? There have been no COVID. I don't know. The funny thing, that COVID season, they's never had a higher away win percentage like because there was no home field advantage essentially it was just like playing at a neutral site i would have definitely would taken a neutral site last night would liverpool have not won the title <sighs> although i mean conversely they were the ones that probably sacrificed one of the biggest home field advantages like away at break, man. so on the other hand give me a break jeff because we are just uh, moments away, I mean a couple hours, we're a couple hours away from United versus Tottenham Hotspurs, and Spurs have just sacked like their seventh manager of the season. Which is incredible and incredibly funny. I just, <laughs> this goes back to like one of my high horses that I like to ride upon, but why... Like, it's just, it, it's all wrapped up in making too much of individual results. Like, I'm telling you, everyone, it doesn't matter if you lose 7-1 to one or what, what What was the hilarious result that they had? They've now, like, reimbursed. 6-1 against six Newcastle. One. Yeah, right, right, right. By the way, one. Newcastle, not known for their scoring six goals. Yeah, that's, like, the sixth goal they've had this season. At least... We, when we lost to Liverpool, it's like, yeah, they're the that's the person who beats people. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, no, that is pretty incredible to give up six goals to them. But it, it, this is classic them. Like, I believe they fired Pochettino after a minor slip-up like theirs, where it's like, dude, it's one game. And also, he's already a caretaker manager. Like, just let him keep caretaking. It's not like he, like, what are you doing? I don't know. They're hilarious, and that's why they're always going to be bad because they've had good managers in. I mean, even like Conte, it's like he is a quality manager, but they just. But he calls out. He calls out bullshit with no filter. Yeah, I I think, but like it goes like deeper with them, and I think like both of our clubs have had a little bit of this lately, and is that that feeling of trying to convince your fans that you're not shit and trying to convince yourself that you're not shit a little bit. And you're so worried that every little slight of, oh, if we don't, like, spend a bunch of money, even, like, money, like, we were, there were times with Wenger where we were spending money on players he actively didn't want because we wanted to show the fans, like, see, we've won out. We bought a new striker. Like, it's Lucas Perez. And, like, Wenger was like, I don't know what to do with him. Like, <laughs> it's a guy. Yeah, you know what I mean? And it's like, I think Spurs have that mentality a lot where they'll, they're so interested in the window dressing of like looking like they're doing the right thing. But I think often doing the right thing does not look like the right thing. You buy a player, like, for instance, an Arsenal example, surprise, like when we bought Aaron Ramsdale and we were the laughing stock of the league that like, why would you bother? We spent a lot of money on him. Similar situation to Ben White. People were like, you just spent 50 million on like some guy from Brighton. And, and then they both turned out to be great signings. I think that's the way you had to do it is like, you have to do things that are unpopular because if every decision you make is popular, then other people know about it. You know what I mean? Like you have to buy, players that others haven't heard of or you have to be willing to try things that others you know wouldn't have suggested and you may risk looking like a fool but i think they often look like fools so much that they feel like they can't risk that anymore and that's why they'll always be shit so with with that said do you think they're gonna beat us today <laughs> god i hope not um i, I mean the new manager it. bounce is something that they've gotten to try out a few times yeah who is so? Who have who have they hired? Did they didn't they not have one even as Did of like yesterday? Did they give it back to Ryan Mason? Oh my goodness! 
They are such a mess. Which he is, he's like their gigs. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it again. Or Carrick, sorry. I guess both of them. Oh, yeah, Ryan Mason as Stellini's successor. He's like, Incredible. I don't want the job full time. I just like to be around here, pick up the pieces in it. <laughs> Has there been any more movement on the Pochettino to Chelsea rumors? I thought... I thought he walked away from that, no? Or was that Nagelsmann walked away from it? I'm not sure. This is a podcast where we don't know anything about the stuff. <laughs> it's every podcast, actually. Let's see. Leans on advice from Arsene Wenger. Interesting. Pochettino. That's <laughs> it. I didn't know that they were close like that. I see this in the, is the like... guy that won a, a yearly World Cup. Uh, let's listen to his advice. Yeah. <laughs> He had a few other decent ideas, Arsene Wenger, over his... <laughs> he had one bad replace, one. Replace Wenger with Hitler, and suddenly, Jeff, you know what you're sounding like? <laughs> oh, God. Was, was that idea the same? <laughs> Is it that bad? Repl- it's like uh, you could do that to any word in a sentence. And be like, yeah, replace, say, replace chicken with Hitler. Yeah, and you know it sounds you sound like, like your dinner... Is actually really good. We're getting rid of a giant anti semite because we're going to eat Hitler tonight. <laughs> uh, it's, not, it's nice to be back. <laughs> it is good to be back. So, oh, yeah, boy, I'm, oh boy. I'm oddly not feeling too hot about uh, the game against Spurs. I feel like we just barely like out wrestled Brighton in that uh, FA Cup semifinal by. We took perfect penalties, and De Gea saved none. Like, yeah, we knew that he would not. Like, we knew he wouldn't save any. Um, he's got to go. Huh? And like, it. I don't know, man. It feels like Spurs is a wounded animal. Yeah, multiple times a season. Uh yeah. So I think they're gonna beat us two one, especially because we beat them two 0 And remember when you and I were at that pub that one time? Yes, indeed. I, I I'm, I'm, I'm like. Anticipating a loss, I just feel like Veron's out, Martinez is out, uh, players are tired, players yeah. aren't fit. Bruno was in a that's air something cast I've noticed, this week. Is that when you're when all of your good defenders are injured, that's not actually good for your football team. That's something that has come up um, recently. Yeah, and when you've only got a handful of the good defenders to begin with. Yeah, yeah, same. Parallel universes, Arsenal and United. I'm hoping for a no Harry Maguire start. You'll be shocked to learn. <laughs> well, so who who is playing now? Because if both of them are out, like it's Maguire. It's gotta be Shaw and Lindelof in the middle. Wow. And then we've played one game with Dallow and Juan Basaka being that the outside backs. Dallow went left and was pretty good. And I think he did he score a goal in that game. He might have. Hmm. Um. But. I don't know if Malasia is like in the doghouse from Sevilla. Oh right. I can't. T- I don't know who's good right now. Yeah, that's hard. I've also missed two consecutive United matches because I was working so hard. Oh, that's crazy. That is really crazy for you to miss two matches. You're gonna watch tonight though. I don't miss two matches in a season. Yeah, it's very. Unlikely. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm on a work trip, but I'm in a ho- I'm in the Omni Hotel as we uh, talked about earlier. So I'm gonna go Friends to this pod. Richmond Soccer Bar, not Penny Lane, because I don't want to be in another in Liverpool, Liverpool bar. space. Yeah. It's called Wood and Iron, which is like a really edgy way to say old. Do they have a logo that has like thin crossed lines in it, like that? Wood and like iron an X. Richmond. I don't think I they saw. Just, a logo. It strikes me as a. Uh, as the kind of brand name that would have that exact logo. No, the website, it's just the words and an ampersand. I'm interested to hear your impressions of Scott's Edition. This Hi, new I'm place. Scott's Edition. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but there's a new neighborhood that basically like wasn't there when we were there. And people say it's real cool. So. I make a joke about Scott's Edition every time I come to Richmond. So Richmond, Virginia, everybody. Uh, Scott's Edition was not there when Jeff and I went to school. It's just funny that it sounded like some guy was like, I've decided to expand the town. To what will we call this? He's like, I did it. It was me. I did it. Scott's edition. Like, it just seems like such an egotistical name for a neighborhood. Yeah. I had a, I had an interesting problem with the neighborhood name the other day where 
I saw that there were like a bunch of bars. Oh, I didn't even update you on Manchester. It's a lovely city, every part except what we visited. Um, well, we're gonna get to. I miss so you, Jeff. Nice. I miss you, Jeff. Is I think a good time for the okay. Manny stuff. But yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so when I was in uh, Manchester, I saw that there was like this area that had like lots of bars, and it was called Gay Village. But I didn't think that that was like literally. I was like, it must be named after someone like Sir Roderick Gay, and he existed in like 1780 or something. Or it was Happy Village, and it was named right. at a similar time. <laughs> But no, it was like, and so I texted my friend. I was like, oh, do you want to, it looks like there's a bunch of bars over here at some place called Gay Village. Do you want to go over there? And he was like, yeah, sure, let's go over there. And then maybe on the way we can hold hands and kiss. And then when I got there, I didn't see the second text message. So I walked across town in the wrong direction and got there. And it was like all like closed gay bars that were like clubs that it was like the exact wrong call for like an afternoon beer. Um, and then I had to walk back across town and I was feeling very dumb. I feel like you and I, on one of our trips to Deshoom, walked by a bar that was, like, called, like, the best gay bar ever or something like that. Like, that was the I name. I vividly remember that, yeah. And I, it, it gave me elf vibes, so I just wanted to be like, you did it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I miss you, Jeff, which is the name of this I segment for those who are just too. listening. There's no I miss you, Skylar segment because Jeff is wise. Oh, Yeah. Boom. Right. Just right. ditto this, you. This podcast was a love letter to sport, and now it's just a love letter. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Well. I, I mean, dude. Oh, yeah. Manchester. It, lovely it, city. Yeah, so it's almost May. Yeah. I'm going to be visiting you in a couple of months. Yeah. All right, so Very sorry, I just, you were about to get into Manchester, and I was like, no, we will talk about our future. <laughs> uh, I thought so, that you were going to talk about going to Manchester. Well, no, because going to Manchester sucked. Everyone on this podcast heard it, and I want to hear from the horse's mouth how this trip differed. Why did we do the wrong thing? Was this why the hotel was so cheap? Um, actually, so like, funnily enough, even the hotel that we got was fine. It was in like a good area of the city, and it wasn't that far away from the hotel that I stayed at this time. But we just walk like if you walk towards Salford. Nothing in Salford is good. I think you would argue that Manchester United is good, but I'll just stick with my blanket statement of nothing in Salford is good. Um, I, but on, if you go basically any other direction in Manchester, it's really nice. There's a canal that cuts through the city, and we went and we sat at like a beautiful little like outdoor pub, had a few beers on the water. It was great. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of cool stuff. Did you have a better dining experience? Not really, actually. Like, on the, well, kind of. I had like a, uh, when I first got there, I was starving and I ate a burger because I knew who I was hanging out with and I knew that we were going to drink a lot. And I was like, I got to put down some foundation here or it's good. I, like, I had this real fear that I would wake up this morning and I'd have to check my phone to see what the score of the game was because I didn't remember it <laughs> after being there. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, I had like a really nice Nashville hot chicken sandwich, but it was just like some hole-in-the-wall place. And then basically all the food that happened after that was like catch-as-catch-can. Like we didn't have like real meals. We were basically just like having beer. Crisps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. We had that. I we had We did make a very smart decision to have like a meat pie at some point, and I think that probably saved our lives. I'm glad you're not dead. Yeah, me too. Think that an awful lot about you, man. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, um, every, well, just because you can drink like two or three times as much as I can. Like, uh, my yeah. idea of a rough night is three drinks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Three drink club. I know. I'm a huge loser. And it means no, that, like, for all of those, like, luxury lounges that, like, American Express or whatnot, like, I'm oh, on right. a pretty cheap date. Like, they probably still make out all right. They're still doing fine. Yeah, whereas I, I punish them whenever they give me the opportunity. <laughs> what else What else is going on in your life? You know, we don't talk enough about real life. It's always about soccer and yeah, hating it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... Um, <laughs> I am doing so much comedy stuff now. If you're listening to this and you're in the London area, I have like all kinds of gigs coming up. And if I was a good podcaster, I would... Do plugs! 
I would plug exactly what those gigs are. Yeah, we're going to be performing at the Glitch soon. We're going to be performing at the Forest um, in a few months. So yeah, we have like some nice gigs spaced out. We're going to be at the Greenhouse um, Free Association show. Shout out to the uh, Free Association where I, that's the improv pyramid scheme that I participate in. I um, take their classes and all the co- little all the little comedy clubs that you've told me about all have much cooler names than like the big famous American comedy clubs. American comedy <laughs> like, club names well, suck. They're always like the yuck yuck chuckle, <laughs> the comedy store, the comedy <laughs> yeah. cellar. It's like oh, because your shitty little space is underground and it's like a dungeon. Cool. Yeah, it's a fun name. UCB is the only one where I'm like, it's kind of weird. Yeah, even that is like, oh, you just you you named a, a a show, and then you decided that would just be the name of everything else. <laughs> Wait, wasn't I thought Upright Citizens Brigade was the name of the theater troupe, and then it just became more and more troops that were under the umbrella. I think so, but then. Well, kind of. I mean, I think they had their own thing in Chicago, and then they moved to New York and, like, tried to take the world by storm, and that that was part of it as they set up the school. Although I might be getting the timeline wrong, because they also, there is a sketch comedy show called Upright Citizens Brigade that only ran for, like, a few seasons on Comedy Central. I remember that. Amy but, Poehler and Matt Besser and... Yeah. Oh, I'm going to forget the other... Matt Walsh, and then there's a fourth one, and I'm not remembering it, and I'm sorry. How can you forget Ian Roberts? Um, yeah, no. Is that who it you, was? Yeah. yeah. You know what's interesting, though, is like, Sorry. I guess this is similar to other improv teams. Like, the original lineup, I, did, I always thought that it was just that and like those four. And then there were other people that were like on the periphery of it. But they also had Horatio Sands in the original cast and Adam McKay um, of Anchorman and all, all that. I heard an interview with him recently. He He's a really interesting guy, but so funny. He must have done amazing. Wait, is he the guy who did the big short? Yeah, yeah. Like he did Anchorman, The Big Short. He did Vice, um, the one about Cheney. He did. He's actually kind of because for a long time he did like Step Brothers. He did like all these like sort of like silly Will Ferrell. Yeah, comedies. that's it's a weird shift in tone. But he to, has, like, yeah, he's like going down like an Oliver Stone route or something. My filmmaking name should be Oliver Stoned. It just oh, hit me. Great, that's very good. Yes, yes. Okay. I would I love mean, that's to do if that, I need I a love... filmmaker name. Where'd you go? All right, everybody. Jeff just disappeared. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stall for like one minute to see if he comes back. I feel like he should. There he is. Okay. Oop, there you go. Back. Dude, you just disappeared, and I it felt like you just got Thanosed. <laughs> I'm not feeling so good. No, uh, I, it just said like a random error, and then it went. Just like, I reloaded it, and you were there. Uh, I was worried that the whole podcast was going to be gone. No, Jeff. Now the podcast is ruined. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one thing <laughs> that was bad. Before then, this was going to win a potty, <laughs> which is just like a, a social event in Boston. You just get to have one if you have a good podcast. How all right, can Let's I let me, body, buddy. Speaking of awards, how would yes. you feel as someone who works in the same industry as me mm. if something that you spent a lot of time working on, like hours and hours and hours working on it, won like let's say five webbies. Oh, but yeah. you, you it wasn't your idea, it was someone else's idea, and you just took over the project when that person no mm. longer was working on it. When when said client did not see eye to eye with original ideator, right? Um, and you just worked a lot on it, but then somebody else really like creative directed it, and you were just sort of like a helper, and you don't mm. feel like you see that you really shaped that project. But it won a ton of awards. Do you say that? Like, would you put that in your portfolio that you, that it won a bunch of awards, or would you feel guilty about it like I do? I wouldn't feel guilty about it because I feel like it is like a team sport. So, but it wasn't my idea, and it wasn't. I I mean, I just don't want to repeat that whole story again. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I get what you're saying. I think I would feel fine about it because it's like, I don't know. It's like when Man City win, but like Erling Haaland doesn't score. Like, should he be able to count that as a win? Like, yes. 
It would be like if you saw soccer player resumes and one said ran a lot in lost to Spurs <laughs> as like their <laughs> what they did at that resume spot. Yeah. yeah. I think that you should be proud of it. And because I also feel like there are so many like weird ways to not get an award that when you get one, you just have to take it. All right, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take the five W's. I don't know how to take all that win at once. <laughs> all I do is win. Um, okay. Any, how, how, how's stuff going with you work-wise? Our fans want to know. Uh, uh, good. Got a bunch of like different freelance projects, working with some people that um, I really like. Um, Wait, if people who listen to this work in advertising... What would be a good way to reach Jeff Vitkin or find his portfolio? Or oh. would that be doxing your life too? <laughs> no, that's okay. I think I'm already doxed myself. Uh, JeffVitkin.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at, at FakeJeffVitkin. Or on Instagram, just at Vitkin. V-I-T-K-U-N. Yeah. Give the funny me a call. Thing about your, the funny thing about your handle being fake Jeff Vitkin is anybody who knows you knows how real you are. Oh. Keep it 100. That's what they say. <laughs> All right, should we make this a short pod? Yes, we should. <laughs> All right. Well, Bye-bye. in that case, uh, music. <laughs> need the suckers. Need the suckers. A soccer podcast that probably won't last. Need the suckers. Need the suckers. Skyler and Jeff don't know how to... Ryan, meet the suckers and chat shit today.